Earthright Radio time again. How are you? This is Reverend Billy. I've been, I've been tossing and turning. It's four in the morning here in New York. I can't decide what the title of today's show should be. What do I put in the subject line when I mail it out? Here's a couple of my favorites. Extinction makes the terrorist list. You like that one? Extinction for dummies and geniuses, too. Godzilla marries the 50-foot woman, but guess who wore the dress? Many strangers suddenly necking. Many strangers suddenly necking. I like that last one. I had this experience. I was walking down the street in New York. It was almost midnight some years ago. 20 years ago, more. Suddenly, it was midnight, and the lights flashing off and on in the, in the buildings and in the cars, honking. We were passing into the new millennium. The clock was entering the year 2000. That's why. And then I saw suddenly this restaurant I was, I was walking by. People were standing up on the tables, passionately kissing each other. <laughs> and then people out on the bus stop doing the same thing. We were all facing the millennium together. And what is that? It's a new era. It makes us feel free for a moment. Our planning is interrupted. We don't know what's going to happen. Now I'm thinking about the extinction. We, we cast the extinction in darkness and fire. It's the apocalypse. Uh, but is extinction a million Putins? Uh, or is extinction the gift of liberation coming from the earth in this deeply conservative time?
yesterday as thousands of tree people crossed the Hudson, establishing beachheads along the West Side Highway, planting trees and then disappearing into the Greenwich Village area, uh, uh, apparently taken in by sympathetic local residents. Police are trying to keep the so-called earthers from reaching the crowds of animal humans. Animal humans are occupying uh, the Great Meadow in Central Park as I speak. Bird people were observed by police landing in the Bronx and west uh, from the far Rockaways in Brooklyn. Now the mayor has asked the administration in Washington to declare earthers as terrorists. They want them to say that parents need to keep their children home bird and fish and trees should not be invited into our homes. The tornado uh, storms that have hovered over New Jersey in recent years seem to have given the fish people cover. They seized Liberty Island and Ellis Island late last night. The, the Coast Guard tells us uh, they're having difficulties in approaching the landmarks with their landing vehicles. Now, the refineries on the outskirts of Newark have not been online since a three-pronged attack by bird, fish, and forest people in early April. A reporter invited to tour the facilities found the oil storage tanks covered with rare vines. Experiments in oil reclamation use fossil fuel-eating bacteria. The old power plants are surrounded by armed police. However, the police are in turn surrounded by more citizens some of them in the illegal nature costume. Main causes for these extinctions. Elizabeth Colbert travelled the world to write a definitive account of the sixth extinction. She joins me now via Skype from Massachusetts. And, and thanks for doing so. Five previous mass extinctions. Now the evidence is the sixth is underway. It may seem an obvious question, but what would such an extinction of these animals mean for humanity, for the planet? Well, this is the great, you know, sort of unanswered question, and that is why I think scientists are trying really to draw attention to this um, issue in when we're, you know, obviously still the vast number of species on Earth still have a, are, are still around, uh, I'm happy to say, but you really need to arrest this slide because if you, the possibility of uh, what what people call a sort of cascade of effects where, you know, one species, it goes into decline, knocks out another, and whole ecosystems start to unravel. Mm -hmm. uh, and that could obviously have big impacts on people because at the end of the day, you know, every, everything we eat, all the fish that we fish out of the oceans, all of these depend, uh, all of these are part of a natural world that we, you know, sort of uh, control but do not entirely control at this point. Yeah, a, a codependency in many ways. I mean, I saw you, you, you write that in essence a technologically advanced society, ours obviously, is choosing to destroy itself. What then are the primary choices being made that are causing this? Well, when I, when I wrote that line, it was uh, primarily referring to climate change that we've been warned uh, over and over and over again. And now we are seeing very, very clear signs all over the world, everywhere you look, 
that the climate is changing and changing very rapidly and moving out of the space in which humans, I should point out, humans are a pretty uh, young species. We've only been around for maybe two or 300,000 years. Uh, we are moving the climate out of the climate regime in which humans evolved. Uh, and that's obviously a pretty dangerous thing to do. Mm. We're looking at a video there of a giraffe and they're, they're threatened as well. You know, scientists talk a lot about a bias for lovable animals and there's a lovable one, the giraffe. But you've also written a lot about the, the Panamanian golden frog, which is in danger. There's a pangolin, which we've reported on here on CNN. There's some species of bats as well. Explain to people why they should care about those perhaps less than cuddly creatures. Well, as I said, I mean, you know, the, the message of, of, of ecology, of the science of ecology has always been everything is connected and it's connected in ways that we don't always understand, uh, often until it's too late. Um, but we are intimately connected. Our, our source of, as I said, our source of all of our food, uh, all of our oxygen, all of this comes from life itself. Um, and to start pulling at the threads of these ecosystems um, which and, and not knowing, you know, how far you can tug before before they start to unravel. That's a very risky strategy. Uh, so even if you think, you know, that pangolin, uh, I'm not sure, you know, it's really affecting my daily life. I didn't even know the pangolin existed. Uh, it's still probably true, uh, six degrees of separation, as it were, that, that, that you and that pangolin are connected uh, yeah. in some pretty important ways. I, I guess uh, the question is, can it be turned around? Uh, I, I imagine it can, but when is too late? Well, I don't think there's ever a moment uh, where we get to say it, it, it's just too late. There's obviously, uh, in all of these issues, all of the forces that are producing this mass extinction event, and there are unfortunately many of them, climate change is one, mm. habitat loss is another, poaching is a third, invasive species, so species we move around the world that have you know, big effects on other species. All of these are contributing to this extinction event. Um, so there's not, you know, sort of one thing we have to do. There are many things we have to do. But but and on almost all of these fronts, uh, we know very significant steps to take, and, and we need to take them. And I will use the example of climate change. Uh, we need to dramatically reduce our carbon emissions. We actually know how to do it. We, we just haven't been doing it. Hello. Welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. Astrophysicists studying a red giant star named V. Hydrae have witnessed the star's mysterious death throes. Researchers discovered that the carbon-rich star has expelled six slowly expanding molecular rings and two hourglass-shaped structures ejecting matter out into space at high speeds. At least hundreds of so far unidentified species of mammal are hiding in plain sight around the world, a new study suggests. Researchers found that most of these hidden mammals are small-bodied, many of them bats, rodents, shrews, and moles. Drinking coffee, particularly two to three cups a day, is not only associated with a lower risk of heart disease and dangerous heart rhythms, but also with living longer, according to recent studies. These trends held true for both people with and without cardiovascular disease. Researchers said the analyses, the largest to look at coffee's potential role in heart disease and death, provide reassurance that coffee isn't tied to new or worsening heart disease and may actually be heart protective. Researchers have shown a new compound delivered in a nasal spray is highly effective in preventing and treating COVID-19 caused by the Delta variant in mice. 
The researchers believe this is the first treatment of its kind proven to be effective against all COVID-19 variants of concern reported to date, including alpha, beta, gamma, and delta. More than 100 dolphins washed ashore in March on Turkey's Black Sea coast. The number is unusually high for the country, as dolphins mostly stay away from coasts. Initial findings show the animals were victims of fishing nets that entangled them, but it is unclear what drove them to the coastline. Experts suggest a number of reasons, from higher mobility in the Black Sea, especially at a time when the conflict between Ukraine and Russia is contributing to maritime traffic, as well as the impact of climate change. The ongoing war has also raised alarm on stray naval mines and led to a temporary ban on fishing in the Black Sea. When cities or counties institute plastic bag bans or fees, the idea is to reduce the amount of plastic headed to landfill. But a new analysis by a University of Georgia researcher finds these policies, while created with good intentions, may cause more plastic bags to be purchased in the communities where they are in place. While plastic grocery bags are viewed as a single-use item, they often find a second use as liners for small trash cans. When these shopping bags are taxed or taken away, people look for alternatives, which means they buy small plastic garbage bags. The study found California communities with bag policies saw sales of four-gallon trash bags increase by 55 to 75 percent, and sales of eight-gallon trash bags increase 87 to 110 percent. These results echo earlier studies that also showed increases in sales of smaller plastic trash bags. The unintended increase in trash bag sales could also be measured by weight. By purchasing four-gallon trash bags, plastic consumption increased by between 30 and 135 pounds per store per month. The sales of eight-gallon trash bags created an additional 37 to 224 pounds of plastic per store per month. Arctic sea ice appeared to have hit its annual maximum extent on February 25th after growing through the fall and winter. This year's wintertime extent is the 10th lowest in the satellite record maintained by the National Snow and Ice Data Center. Arctic sea ice extent peaked at 5.75 million square miles and is roughly 297.300 square miles below the 1981 to 2010 average maximum, equivalent to missing an area of ice slightly larger than Texas and Maine combined. Bystanders in the Tigray region of Ethiopia have warned that humanitarian aid still hasn't reached the region where thousands are at risk of starvation, despite the promise of a humanitarian truce last week. Rebel officials claim the Ethiopian government is not providing safe passage for convoys. The last aid truck to deliver supplies was in mid-December. The United Nations said the region requires 100 trucks a day to prevent further casualties. It is thought that up to 200,000 people have already died from starvation. A third of bird species in Chicago are laying their eggs a month earlier than they did 100 years ago, according to a new study that compares recent observations with data from century-old eggs. Scientists believe that rising temperatures are to blame for the shift in egg laying. The majority of the birds we looked at eat insects, and insect seasonal behavior is also affected by climate, said John Bates, curator of birds at the Field Museum in Chicago and lead author of the study. The birds have to move their egg-laying dates to adapt. Researchers found that a third of the 72 species studied have been nesting earlier, laying their eggs 25 days sooner on average than they did 100 years ago. 
Rising temperatures are causing spring flowers to bloom earlier across the country. Insects are emerging sooner to take advantage of early blooms, with birds following suit, researchers speculate. Scientists have discovered microplastics in human blood for the first time, warning that the ubiquitous particles could also be making their way into organs. The tiny pieces of mostly invisible plastic have already been found almost everywhere else on Earth, from the deepest oceans to the highest mountains, as well as in the air, soil, and food chain. A Dutch study examined blood samples from 22 anonymous healthy volunteers and found microplastics in nearly 80% of them. Half of the blood samples showed traces of pet plastic, widely used to make drink bottles, while more than a third had polystyrene used for disposable food containers and many other products. Researchers led by Oregon State University shows that fires are more likely to burn their way into national parks than out of them. The findings contradict the common narrative of a destructive wildfire igniting on remote public land before spreading to threatened communities, said Chris Dunn of the OSU College of Forestry. The study, which looked at more than 22,000 fires, found that those crossing jurisdictional boundaries are primarily caused by people on private property. It also showed that ignitions on Forest Service lands accounted for fewer than 25% of the most destructive wildfires, ones that resulted in the loss of more than 50 structures. Ecuador's High Court has ruled that wild animals have legal rights. Wild animals possess distinct legal rights, including to exist, to develop their innate instincts, and to be free from disproportionate cruelty, fear, and distress. Ecuador's top court ruled in a landmark decision interpreting the country's rights of nature constitutional laws. The 7-2 ruling handed down last month in Quito is believed to be the first time a court has applied the rights of nature, laws that recognize the legal rights of ecosystems to exist and regenerate, to an animal, a woolly monkey named Estraita. The monkey was taken from the wild when she was one month old and kept as a pet by Anna Beatrice Burbano Proana for 18 years. And now, the sounds of extinction. A newly published study of orb-weaving spiders has yielded some extraordinary results. The spiders are using their webs as extended auditory arrays to capture sounds, possibly giving spiders advanced warning of incoming prey or predators. It is well known that spiders respond when something vibrates their webs, such as potential prey. In new experiments, researchers for the first time show that spiders turned, crouched, or flattened out in response to sounds in the air. Spiders can detect minuscule movements and vibrations through sensory organs on their tarsal claws at the tips of their legs, which they use to grasp their webs. Orb weaver spiders are known to make large webs, creating a kind of acoustic antenna with a sound-sensitive surface area that is up to 10,000 times greater than the spider itself. And here now, the sounds of a spider's web. I was 
kind of riled. Well, thank you, Mr. Wilmot. Thank you very much. Yeah, you want me to no, that's quite all right. That's plenty. Ladies and gentlemen, you've just heard Mr. Wilmot, owner of the farm, where this thing has fallen. I wish I could convey the atmosphere, the background of this fantastic scene. Hundreds of cars are parked in a field in back of us, and the police are trying to rope off the roadway leading into the farm, but it's no use. They're breaking right through. The car's headlights throw an enormous spotlight on the pit where the object's half buried. Now, some of the more daring stories now are venturing near the edge. Yeah, the silhouettes stand out against the metal chain. <laughs> One man wants to touch the thing. He's having an argument with the policeman. Now, the policeman wins. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there's something I haven't mentioned in all this excitement, but it's becoming more distinct. Perhaps you've caught it already on your radio. Listen, please. Do you hear it? It's a curious humming sound that seems to come from inside the object. I'll uh, move the microphone nearer. Here. Now, we're not more than 25 feet away. Uh, can you hear it now? Uh, Professor Pearson? Yes, Mr. Uh, can you tell us the meaning of that scraping noise inside the thing? Possibly the unequal cooling of its surface. I see. Do you still think it's a meteor, Professor? I don't know what to think. The uh, metal casing is definitely extraterrestrial. Uh, not found on this Earth. Friction with the Earth's atmosphere usually tears holes in a meteorite. This thing is smooth, and you can see its cylindrical oh, shape. Something's happening. Ladies and gentlemen, this is terrific. This end of the thing is beginning to flake off. The top is beginning to rotate like a screw, and the thing must be hollow. He's moving! Look at that! Keep those men back! Keep those idiots back! Keep off! The top's blue! Stand back! Ladies and gentlemen, this is the most terrifying thing I've ever witnessed. Wait a minute. Someone's calling someone or something. I can see turning out of that black hole two luminous discs. The eyes, it might be a face. Might be almost...
And you have been listening, of course. That's War of the Worlds, the 1941 classic from Orson Welles. Scared the willies out of millions of Americans. You know, the end of the world, the apocalypse, the end times, this has always been an entertainment for us, has always been, whether it's religion or science fiction or a Hollywood blockbuster, it's been something we love to do. It's a, it's a terror of pleasure. And we pay for it now. Some of the, some of the biggest movies, some of the biggest entertainment experiences that we, that we have, billions and billions of dollars, we pay for the end of the world. And we're doing that while the real end of the world showed up, the sixth extinction. And we don't know how to make the journey, the transformation over from the entertainment to the reality. How would we do that? How would we teach each other? You know what? That's the wrong dream. The real thing's over here. We're paralyzed. Politically, we're unable to challenge the oil companies, the big bankers, that are consciously emitting greenhouse gases and putting them in the air. There's no question. We have got the sixth extinction in a major acceleration right now with the storms and wildfires and viruses and heat waves and tsunamis and three mile wide tornadoes and on and on it goes. It's happening, happening every minute, every day. Suffering and, and deaths on a scale that we never could have imagined. And yet we are finding a way to take major tragedies and squeeze them into a six minute news report between commercial programming. We're paralyzed. We're passive. We don't know how to save ourselves. The earth might be calling out to us with all the screaming wind and the roaring earthquakes. There might be a language there saying, hey, save yourself now. Save yourself. Enter evolution in the world of evolution, living beings try to survive. They learn how to survive. They act, grow, behave, run, fly differently to survive. And sure, it's not consumerism. It's not comfortable. It's not a product. And to enter into that state, we may have to change ourselves, transform ourselves much more than we can imagine. I'm, I'm, sure, that, I'm sure that's true. It can't be just a position paper anymore, or a litigation, or an opinion, a belief. We have to physically re-enter the world and change how we touch it, how we eat, how we love. But that's what I felt 20 years ago when I found myself crossing midnight into this millennium. And I saw people standing on the, on the restaurant tables Necking, kissing passionately, people at the bus stop. It was all over the place. People laughing, dancing. It was as if the, the idea of nothingness, an unplanable future that this millennium represented, where the sixth extinction was waiting for us after all. It was as if we were given the gift of freedom we were, we were told, you can change now. 
You don't have to be locked into that popcorn. You can now turn and live a new life. Can we do that together? I think we can. I think we have to. Somebody give me an earth a little. <laughs>